welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header Podcast. I'm Chris, aka Not the Fake Webby, and as always, I'm joined by Jake, aka Halbridius. How are we feeling this week? Uh, feeling good? Feeling okay. Weather's nice. All right. <laughs> it is, Spring is here. It is like 38, but really sunny today, and it kind of faked me out. I did that thing where you're like, "Oh, it looks great outside," and then you go outside and it's like fucking cold. Do not it was, want. It was phenomenal here yesterday. Uh, the cherry blossoms are blooming, so okay. everyone is just coming into DC and just clogging up our streets. But it's really <laughs> nice until it rained most of today, so I can't really say today's been great. But in general, spring is here in the nation's capital. All right, you ready to talk some basketball? I am, and not college. That's all I've been watching <laughs> done recently. With that. Everybody's done with that. <laughs> Nothing happened yesterday. <laughs> all right, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, shall we cover some news quick and just say that uh, we're recording right as uh, the Blazers game tips off, so if stuff happens during the Blazers game, we may or may not mention it. Yep, um, we won't be the most up-to-date on that one. Today's Andre Drummond's debut with the Lakers. I'm excited Fox for that. Sports Detroit is now Bally Sports Detroit. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with that. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into the three things, I think. All right, sounds good. You want to take it away? Um, oh, other piece of news is that Seiku is still dealing with uh, migraines. Migraines, yeah. I saw that he was Which, this tonight. is like game three, um, or game four now, which is just, like, that's... I mean, you know me, I get migraines quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, to have something plaguing you for this long is really not great. Um, that you don't been normally something... s- he see he that. He hasn't had migraines in the past, right? This is a new I don't, thing? I don't think so. And I don't it's kind of like, okay, he's had a couple big concussions in the past. Is this a, you know, we yeah. hope this isn't a side effect or something like that. Yeah. You, I don't, you know, I don't want to speculate or anything. I just, I hope he's recovers and does better because migraines suck ass it, the fact that the first game they had him like listed as like questionable and then like he dressed is really uncomfortable for me since like it's been a three game thing where he has been out yeah so the first uh, kind of the main thing that i noticed in the last couple of games that i was really kind of curious about um coming off the trade deadline in moving delon Wright is who's going to be taking over the you know, the main responsibility is a point guard. And so far, uh, Saban Lee, I think, has got, he started the last two games, right? Am I correct in that? Uh, I know he started the last one. I think so. I think he started the last two, but especially against the Raptors. He's, he started today's Blazers game. He, I know he started against the Raptors. I can't remember about the Wizards. Okay. But yeah, regardless, though, he's, I like I said, I think he's been starting since uh, we traded Lon, and he's still looked pretty damn good. He's definitely been, I would say, the biggest... Maybe besides, you know, how great Jeremy Grant was, especially the beginning of the year. But beyond that, I think Saban Lee coming out and playing pretty good has been a, a good indication about maybe we really did get a good draft pick in the second round. And maybe he's someone who will, you know, sign on to... So he's right now on a two-way, right? Correct. So this offseason, we'd have to sign him to a new contract, right? Probably. So, which I, I believe is the case. I'm not positive on it, but I believe it was only a one-year, two-way contract. So, I don't know how they worked the bird rights and stuff for I, for that either. I don't know, like, if Pistons get first dibs in free agency with a tender, I don't think you'd get any of that. I would so. have to imagine it's something, 
That's, it's kind of weird. I never had to think about this. Our two-way players have so never played. Like, I don't know if you can sign like an early bird thing. Like I don't know if he gets a year of rights as an NBA player with this contract. I don't know how that works. I imagine it's got. I don't know. It's it, they have to have some kind of rights to him. I feel like if they just drafted him a year prior, but yeah, I'm very curious to see how that works. Because like I said, we've never had a, a two-way player that stuck around for this long. I feel like and done this well. So yeah, hopefully. What I'd like to see is just hopefully we sign him to a contract in year. Is that something we we can still do that, right? Not to the deadline, right? And re-signing. I guess I don't know what this this mm, weird year. I guess they could sign him if they wanted to into the Tyler Cook spot when Cook is gone. I, I think Cook's oh, got yeah. the open spot right now He's with the ten day. Um, okay. So I don't, and I I think because the two way contracts have been expanded so much this season, I don't think there's any value to it for the Pistons and I think from a salary perspective he's been like prorated at the Pistons rate so like he's getting kind of a a minimum so yeah and then this year is also weird with like not having a G League really and having the you know the the whatchamacallits uh the two-way players being able to be up as much as they need to so right yeah (laughs) it's yeah like he he's gonna be able to play out every game in the rest of the season without using up any time so it like there's no real risk for the pistons there's no reason for the pistons to pay him mm-hmm. or for the pistons and I, I don't think he's he'd get a major salary bump so yep um yeah it is just about like this summer you probably got to pay him you probably don't have to get too much like a million dollars a year for uh like a two years is plenty yeah. i think it'd be probably I something like so you know do you see the uh the second round pick contracts like the normal like after the draft, right? Those contract. those are normally basically that minimum contract. Exactly. So. I'll see him on like a two or three year deal. But that does kind of transition pretty well into my second point, uh, which was Tyler Cook <laughs> just annihilated someone. So that was kind of fun the other night. Yeah, yeah. He he. Uh, somebody finally passed to him on offense. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we talked about this last three things I think we did where it was kind of like, okay, so it's clear that Dwayne Casey just doesn't have a role in his offense for non-shooting wings mm-hmm. because as soon as Cook came in, he basically got the same uh, like role that Seku did. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing the same stuff where it's like just floating around hoping that he gets a cut to the rim. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got one. And he caught a body. Yeah, he did. Which... He definitely has bounce. So my, my I guess my my main takeaway with that was that I know I think I saw that he just resigned a second ten day contract just prior to that game, yep. right? Correct. So <laughs> I think he'll I think he'll have three more games with Detroit under that yep. one. So what do we think is this going to be like? Because you can get a max of two ten days if I remember correctly. So correct. After this, do we think he's someone who might sign on for longer, or do we think we haven't seen? They haven't seen enough. I, I mean, know. we got them on a second contract, so that's like a second 10 day is usually a pretty good indication that they're going to be signed on for the rest of the year. Eh. I mean, it I, depends on the circumstances. I, I don't know that that's I don't know that that's trended that way noticeably in the past with any team, much less Detroit. Dwayne Casey gassed him up a little bit in a conference this week. Um, it was just like, yeah, he came out and played hard and. We like that, and it was like, yeah, but he's done literally nothing mm-hmm. so far. I mean, he like he got a poster. He's had a few. I mean, he's had some minutes though. Like, it's, I mean, those are minutes that can go to minutes, someone else. But like, they're basically he's getting Seku's minutes and doing not any better than Seku. So, 
I don't really know that there's any reason to bring him back. Um, you know, at this point, I, as far as I'm concerned, take a different gamble on a different roster spot. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, Hami Diallo just hit like a 30-foot three. <laughs> um, okay, we'll take that. You got any more Tyler Cook points? Uh, not really. I'm just kind of curious about him. I don't, uh, like, yeah, I, I'm not sure how he fits on the team long term. Like, obviously, he's young and he can develop into something, but besides, like, a couple flashes here and there, he hasn't really showed, at least to me, why he's on NBA I, Yeah, roster. I just, I don't know what, what the point of him was, because, like, he doesn't fit what Dwayne Casey wants to do, and Dwayne Casey's made it pretty clear he's not going to adjust to mm-hmm. that. And, like, Tyler Cook is, I don't know how old he is, probably, like, 24. Like, he's he's kind of a known commodity, um, and he's good at what he does, but what he does isn't really something Dwayne Casey seems to value. So I'm not entirely sure mm-hmm. that he has any real future here. Yeah. Um, on the on the Saban Lee subject, we got Saban Lee's first dunk. He's like attempted <laughs> like a dozen, and we finally got yeah. one. So that was nice. It was not on anyone, unfortunately, but we got a dunk. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> something we've been waiting on because especially as athleticism coming out of college. You're hoping for a lot of good things. He's, he said like eight, like posters blocked, and it's like he's going to get one at yeah. one point. <laughs> that was kind of like how Seku was before he caught uh, Tristan Thompson too. If I yeah, remember cor- oh my god, cor- excuse me. <laughs> Seku had like three or four. It was like he's trying someone, and then he caught Tristan. Yeah, so I didn't remember like, that. Oh, there I it is. That. He caught a body <laughs> when Seku like started out, and he just wanted to attack anyone and anything. I kind of missed that. That like. Naivety. <laughs> You're just going at people. Yeah. Um, in a similar vein, first week of Corey Joseph, not impressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's helping the tank. That's that's what we got. Yep. He's just going to be around. I don't think he's going like, to... I don't think he's going to start. He's just going to get minutes off the bench because we, we don't really have a whole lot of point guard like help. Yeah, at this point, I hope he doesn't get minutes. Like, when Killian comes back, I really hope they don't try and, like, shoehorn Corey, jo- Corey Joseph yep. in to stuff. Because he's bad, bad. We ha- we had some Kojo uh, Saban, like, minutes together, and they were awful. Yeah. I can't uh, believe how much he's fallen off the map since he was, what? He was in Indianapolis where he was doing good? That was where he was at his, like, prime? Well, he was good in... Uh, he was in the Spurs originally, right? At Spurs. And then he went to Toronto for a bit. And then I think Toronto got him paid in Indy for a little yeah. bit. And then I think he went to the Kings. I can't remember if he was traded to the Kings or signed with the Kings. But like he's making like $12 million I think, he, a year I think he got signed to the Kings, if I remember correctly. Then everyone was just like, why are you doing that, Kings? And the Kings were like, this is what we do. Yeah, it's very Kingsy. <laughs> but before, um, we, before yeah. we transition out of that, the one thing I do want to say about Kojo... Um, but as I kind of like look into this off season and kind of like the next upcoming year when the Pistons will still be a little, I mean, obviously they're going to be tanking. They still got Blake's like massive contract sitting there. So the, we're not going to be going after anyone big in free agency. But the thing that kind of intrigues me about uh, Kojo is his contract and its guarantee dates. So he's definitely someone yeah. who I could see getting traded to like, a team to get off a bigger deal, maybe around the draft, maybe at the beginning of free agency, because he only has, I think, two point four million guaranteed, and then the rest you can just waive if it's by I forget what the date is, and I 
now with the new schedule, I don't know. It's pre free agency, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely something where like it reminds me of the John Luer kind of situation where he got traded to the Bucks and we got something out of it. Where I could definitely see Kojo in that same kind of vein where someone just wants that contract and just wants to, you know, cut him immediately. Yeah, there's de- there's definitely potential to like move him to a contender who needs to shave ten million. There's also like a value to just like cutting him ourselves yeah. and i think at that point you open up um i think the pistons would have like a 15 million dollar window even after the picks are signed yeah. to work with for a few minutes before uh, i think they they have things kick in so i think i looked and seen there's a little bit of flexibility with the cap holds that we'd realistically do um i think it was if we cut him it was somewhere in the range of like 20 to 25 million before before picks before open roster spots stuff like that but Still like a, d- a decent <laughs> player on that money. So I don't think they're going to be too aggressive in free agency, but it's an option there. Yeah. But he's also like, he's a nice thing where like you could send him to a team that like you could put Kojo and Plumley together, yeah, you sure. know, and get over 20 million and, and like take money off of someone and take on a bad contract. And then that person would be able to cut him. Um, mm-hmm. Like that, you know, he's, he is in a good spot. Um, the NBA does not have a lot of contracts of his size. And yep, exactly. uh, it's actually kind of struggling right now, the trade market is, because the NBA is kind of held off on signing contracts of that size. Nobody really gets that medium-sized contract anymore. Yeah, everyone either goes big um, or they're out of vet men. There's very little in that, like, 10 right, to 15 right. million. Especially on contenders. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, he's he's like got some interesting value there. Um, especially as we've seen, Weaver is not afraid to mm-hmm. look for basically any kind of trade if he sees somebody he wants. So, yep. Between that um, and Magruder also has a non-guaranteed salary as well. So, correct. Potentially see those two getting moved. Together. And I don't know what that value is for, but yeah, the Pistons could just cut like uh, I think they can shave off like fourteen million or something I would, if they yeah. want. And to. I would imagine Magruder is going to be cut. I, he's played like oh yeah i i, <laughs> I, hope I so. both of them will be kojo is not worth 12 million oh, no. to this team next no, year definitely not there's no way but i'm saying it's, it's like bare minimum they're gonna get cut but i'd be curious to see if we could get yeah. something from them could you yeah. see them trading Plumley? because they they went hard after Plumley in this offseason like they were they went out of their way to sign him as the I, open. i can buy it uh if if they get like an evan mobley in the draft like if they get a mm. big man I, I totally see it. I also can see um, right now the Pistons don't have a like a late first or anything, but they do have three seconds in this draft, and that's like too many players to take on. You really don't want to be managing four rookies if you can help yeah. it, um, especially with the youth already on this roster. So it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to like package some of those picks together and get like another bite at a couple of the centers that are in the middle of this draft like that's a totally plausible move so maybe you move Plumley then yeah um i don't know i don't think they're looking to get rid of mason Plumley. I'll, I'll put it like that like i think if mason Plumley's here opening day uh next season Dwayne casey at least is going to be really happy with that. yeah i would i would definitely expect him to still be on the team i think the pistons value him a little bit higher than some other teams oh. but we we cursed him. He just <laughs> missed a wide open lob. <laughs> oh, but regardless, I think. Uh, oh, where's it going with this? Um, <laughs> he really threw me off my pattern with that. I didn't. <laughs> um, 
regardless, I think the Pistons value him a little bit higher, and especially what he can bring to that young team, which is all we talked about, you know, during the offseason when we signed him, um, kind of right out of the gates. So I would expect, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised the way that Weaver is working if he got traded, but I think it would have to be for like a substantial upgrade, even maybe more than like a a late pick in the first round. Like I think it would have to be a decent improvement. Yeah, I'll say this. Weaver very much seems to have his guys, and he wants his guys oh, yeah. on this team. I don't think Plumlee was one of his guys. I think Plumlee was, uh, and I think I think Weaver said this in an interview, was like, that's Dwayne's guy. Mm. Dwayne wanted him. So I'm not sure that Weaver has the same attachment to it. Like, I don't think Weaver would trade Isaiah Stewart or... No. <laughs> um, like, you're going to have to give him a King's Ransom for anyone that he's brought yeah, in. I would, I would be shocked by that. Uh, but, like, I don't think Plumlee's by any means... Like, how do I put this? There are players on your team that your team values more than the market, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're just, they have more value to you than they do to other people. I don't think Plumlee's the case okay. there. That's fair. Um, you know, I think if somebody gives them market value for Plumlee, whatever that happens to be, I think they're willing to listen. Yeah. Um. Speaking of guys Weaver brought in, uh, Hami Diallo is playing and looking awesome. Yeah. Uh, he had kind of a rough first game, but then uh, against the Raptors, he just carved them up. Um, he has really learned how to like use his long strides and then slow up around the rim and just like turn corners on guys, and that's really opened up his game. He's shooting well over 60% around the rim now. Uh, this season, he can't shoot still like from a, from outside, really. Uh, even though he did just hit like a 30 footer while we were recording, (laughs) but you know, like he's already, you can see just like, uh, I think, I think Laz tweeted like Killian and Hami is going to be an awesome, like backcourt duo. Mm. And you can just really see that as, as like a Killian Hami, uh, Sadiq, uh, Grant and Stewart lineup. is just like massive, and physical and angry and it's that could be a lot of fun so um yeah i'm, I'm enjoying the hamadou diallo experience so far yep. yeah he's i would say i mean he hasn't only played what two three games with the Pistons so far so he hasn't really had a whole lot of chance to disappoint us yet but he has looked intriguing i'll say that much um and he's like he's one of those like when i was talking about like the space the Pistons would have even with cap holds like he's one of those guys that He's at a $2 million, I think, uh, cap hold. So, like, he'd be someone that the Pistons could easily hold on to his rights and then go and re-sign him with the... Because he's a restricted free agent. Easily go and sign him yeah. versus, like, a, a Dennis Smith Jr., which has a... He has, like, an, he has like a $15 million cap hold. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you're not re-signing Dennis Smith Jr. with your bird rights if you're trying to do anything else. No, so, no. He's definitely someone who I could... S- and you're not re-signing Dennis Smith Jr., period. Well, yeah. So... <laughs> you especially hope that. Uh, there's been a lot of people who have been like, ah, we should bring him back. And it's like, you have Killian, who you're not getting rid of yet. You're just flat out not. Everyone loves Saban. You're going to need a veteran guard who's, like, re- excuse me, reliable. Mm-hmm. That's three guards on the roster. Yeah. Already. <laughs> like... There's no room for Dennis Smith Jr., and that's before you bring in any potential ball handling draft pick. Yep. You, you don't have room. Um, I, my my hot take, I think, of Dennis Smith Jr. is that I see him signing on one of the L.A. teams for, like, a really low, like, really small deal, and then, like, three months into the season when he just has a random game where he goes off, people are going to be like, why did no one sign him? 
It's like, well, you know, <laughs> on one of those teams, it's going to make sense that he's going to go off. Whereas any other team signing him, like oh. it wasn't, like he's not, I don't know. He, he's, he's not enough to I mean, really he'll, he'll have, you know, he, he's shown that he's like still at least a fringe NBA player here. So like he, he'll have I don't think there's any disagreement on that. You know, a 20 point outing next season and like. You know, somebody will say something, but no, there's the Pistons would have to like his market value is going to be like six million a year, eight million a year. I don't and, think like, that's just too much. The Pistons don't need that. I would expect him to be in the three, four. I, I think I think he maybe can five. Ask for that. Like, would you? You're talking about half the mid level. I mean, like you, what, whatever Josh Jackson's yeah. making. <laughs> that's literally that. what I was about to say. Like he's gonna his market is like tops out of what Josh Jackson got. That's where that's where like I see him at next year, but. I think he could get, like, he'll probably sign, like, a vet min to go to the Lakers or the Clippers or, you know, some really good team that just needs scores. The thing is, they have to want him, and I don't see contenders wanting ah, him. I wouldn't be surprised. if, Especially, like, you look at some of the point guards that the Lakers and the Clippers have gone after, I could see him on, I could see him on those teams. You know, you know where I can actually kind of see him plausibly is this Portland team. I mean, I would not mind him on that Portland team, to be honest. They have kind of a history of getting it would make players a little bit of sense to... who have not done great in other places, but yeah. And he's also like the the thing they don't have is that like crazy athletic. Theoretically, I mean, he's not athletic anymore, but like the the theoretical Dennis Smith Jr. fits is like a fourth guard on that team. Yep. Um, What's got? Let's see. What else do we have here? So some quick ones here. The Pistons are currently doing really well defensively. Uh, I know Laz has been all over this one. They're like the 14th defense since the All-Star break or something like that. Um, hmm. Just in general, the personnel is doing what the personnel should be doing, and that's good to see, um, especially considering you're playing a lot more Stewart now. So you, you know, it just he's doing well. He's doing the right stuff. It's definitely not Plumlee that's, that's <laughs> affecting this. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's good to see that the Pistons are able to at least hang their hat and build a foundation on something. The offense has been pretty garbage, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, for a young team like taking pride in their defense, I'll take that. You know, yeah, yeah, got to take your wins. When you uh, can we've still seen, yeah, sorry, we've still seen Grant slow up a little bit more. Yep. Um, he's really struggled the last month or so. I think for the most part, it's just like there's no one they're drawing attention away from him right now it's it's him but he's never been in this role before like he he's he's like not getting mismatches even because guys are not switching they're not threatened by some of the pistons players there's just you know people are playing in the gaps more it's just not a fun time to be yeah you know he's he was never really supposed to be the the number one star and i i'm not shocked by that personally um i don't think it's in any way a, a real critique of Grant that he's not being a 30-point super-efficient scorer right now. So, um, yeah, it would be nice to see, like, one more, you know, couple-week stretch of him balling out at a at the level he was to come into the season just to kind of prove he still has it and uh, s- silence some of the talk we see. But, yeah, I'm not... Yeah, is there stuff you want to see this week? Um... Let's see. Stuff I want to see this week. I want to see more, honestly, the Saban Lee and Hamadou Diallo backcourt. Like, I'm kind of curious about those two. They're both kind of long, lanky. Obviously, we're not going to see killing with them. It's mean. So. (laughs) It's mean. (laughs) I kind of like Loki really like that backcourt. 
So I want to see a little yeah, bit more of that. There's like if the Pistons want to, they can put out like a bench lineup of like Josh yes. and Hami <laughs> and Saban and you know, Stewart, Stewart yeah. right now is coming off the bench and like you can just like that's a mean lineup. It can't score for shit, <laughs> but it's a mean lineup. They will run you, you around be on running defense. a whole lot in transition. Yeah. <laughs> Who would be the okay? So what what would be the lineup here? It'd be Saban Lee. It would be Josh Jackson. It would be um, Diallo. Diallo. Stewart and... And then you theoretically have Seku in there, probably. Yeah, Seku, yeah. Last guy. That, w- that would make sense if he was, uh, once he gets past the migraines. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a mean lineup. And like, <laughs> you're right. It's you, not- you're going to be running all game. Offense is not doing a whole lot, but... <laughs> Offense, <laughs> defense, you're running all game. <sighs> um, you mentioned Killian. I think this week we should see some... Killian updates. Maybe this Thursday, I think, is three weeks from the last updates. That's when we were told we'd get uh, the next round. Mm-hmm. The uh, I think we have one more home game before we go on a road streak. Um, I think we said the second when we got the first Killian news. I think we said the the uh, yeah we were looking April second game was like the last chance for him to debut again in a home game. Yep, the Wizards of the Knicks. We'll see. Yeah, were the two that we were looking at. I ha- I haven't been seeing like the the reports leaking or anything of like Killian's playing five on five. Yeah, I know, destroying everyone. <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking that we're going to get another week or two's delay, yeah. but we should get some news. I think. Yeah, if he was going to be coming back pretty much the end of next week, you would we'd start hearing some stuff. I would imagine here shortly. So one way or the other, I think we'll know. Sure. Yeah. We're soon. My last thing I have here written down for want to see Bally Sports change your fucking logo. It's trash. <laughs> It's so bad. You look like a bar. It's bad. I mean... That's all I got. <laughs> I can't sit here and defend them. I, I can't even play devil's advocate on it. It's not great. <laughs> it's horrible. And the white and red color scheme with, like, no accents whatsoever is just cancer on my TV. <laughs> like, you, you, they put up these Bally Sports splash screens, and it's just this garish red and white, and it's like, we're not an Ohio State channel. <laughs> Get this off my TV. I hate it. Go off. I hate it so much. Go off. <laughs> Stop letting your nephew design your logo. All right. So to change gears a little bit, um, we're going to start adding this into our weekly podcast updates. Um, so we're going to be going over some of the prospects um, in the upcoming NBA draft, which as Pistons fans, that should be like your main focus here over the next couple months is just learning up about these guys, getting ready to hopefully see, you know, some of them in a Pistons uniform. ESPN only holds replays for a month, guys. So like get your full game replays in right now because they're about to expire. That's a good point there. That's a good insider tip. I'm somebody who probably spends more time on ESPN's website than <laughs> damn near anyone in the state of Michigan. There's, there's, I have four queued up right now. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so what Jake is letting me do is randomly pick a player each week, and he's going to answer some questions and kind of explain the player a little bit to me. Because I have not followed a whole lot um, of these prospects. I haven't really looked into it too much. I know that Cade Cunningham and... Evan Mobley are kind of the top two prizes, and they are definitely what Pistons fans will be hoping for <laughs> to come into 
be wearing a Pistons hat on whenever they're Praying. The I think the word is praying. Praying, yes. More accurate. Um, but there are plenty of good guys. I he- Sacrificing. I feel like from all the national podcasts I listen to, they say about the top five is where like the drop-off hits between like guys you really want and kind of so-so guys. So hopefully the Pistons can lose some more games and <laughs> kind of get a better spot in the lottery, which I know is all changed up this year as well. Did I see? Yeah, so it's it's a good place to remind people that like the top four uh, seeds, if you want to call it, the worst four records, all have the same chance to win the lottery. Uh, the top three have equal chances to like get a top three pick. The fourth one actually has slightly less, uh, slightly lower chances of staying in the top three. Um, mm-hmm. The the jockeying here though. You, the reason you really want to be number one is you can only be pushed back as far as five. Yeah, which is going to be crucial. Number two can be pushed back as far as six. You end up in number four, you have good, you know, you have the good first pick odds, but you can get pushed back as far as eight. Yep. Which I saw so, was it last going know, on when Twitter you're jockeying about? for this position, it's all, yeah, it's all about you have to, um, you're, you're trying to secure the floor of your draft as well as the ceiling here Mm -hmm. so looking just real quick on that pistons right now despite having the worst record in the east we have i think a two and a half game lead if you want to call it that over the magic who are (laughs) i will call it that yes (laughs) who are by all intents and purposes about to tank their living like their brains out um but the problem is on the west you know everyone expect oklahoma city to be at the bottom uh they are not the team that is, is the Timberwolves. Uh, they have, I think, a two-and-a-half game lead over the Pistons. Um, three in the loss column, which is even more important. Um, Massive. They are great at losing. Um, <laughs> everyone keeps saying it's their year. It's clearly not. But also, in that same vein, the Rockets, who just gave away Oladipo at the deadline, are also tied dead even with the Pistons right now. So lots of losing that we need to. It'll get be done. interesting for the Rockets because they do have Christian Wood back now. Well, the, the thing, um, so he was gone for long stretches, and he just came back when the Pistons played them uh, recently. So he might help them trend up a little bit. We'll see. The thing with the Rockets, though, that team is garbage. The the thing with the Rockets, remember, is that they also they have to lose <laughs> to keep their pick. I think it's top four, top five protected. So they literally need to lose. <laughs> and Yeah, it's 1-4. And they did pretty good recently at losing. They were in, what, 21-game losing streak, including the Pistons? Before they beat... It's be- it was horrifying. Yeah, I think they beat the Timberwolves or one of those northern teams that was not us to break that streak. But, yeah. So that's where the Pistons are at. There's your um, tankathon, or excuse me, I'm on tankathon. There's your tank rankings <laughs> for the current time being. Uh, but the player that I'm kind of curious about, I don't. So I feel like this is going to give it away very easily. But he's not a college basketball player. He's a G League player, <laughs> and he's the one that I would say I know the least about. I haven't seen him play in college basketball. I have heard a lot about him. I've heard people really excited about him, especially shout out friend of the podcast, Elliot. Um, who's a big fan of him, but Jalen Green. Do you want to quick give me a summary of what Jalen Green See, is? See, I thought you were going Kuminga until you mentioned Elliot, yep. and then I knew it was Jalen Green. Yep. <laughs> so I think Jalen Green's like 20% Filipino or something, and yep. Elliot's, that, like, that immediately secures Elliot's fandom. <laughs> exactly. 
Who Elliot is also Filipino. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's not already evident. Um, so what do you want to know about Jalen Green? So, kind of give me a quick summary of his like play style. Like, what? Who? Who does he remind you of? What do you expect him to do um, on an NBA team? I think the easy comp is something like a Brad Beal. Maybe oh, you're speaking my language. Um, now, like that's that's obviously like a very high level um, comparison, but we're talking about a guy who's about six five. Um, I don't have a wingspan for him offhand, but I'm pretty sure it's in the like six nine range. He's, yeah. he's relatively. It doesn't long. say on Tankathon, by the way. He's not crazy wingspan. Um, you know, he's a little light. Uh, his listing here on Tankathon is 180. I think he's probably bulked up a bit off that. But I don't even think he's 200 pounds yet. So he's he's a very, um, but he's a, a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. Top, top percentile athlete. Jalen Green flies. Um, he's got a pretty darn good first step that is not quite, um, he hasn't really optimized it yet from either the handle perspective or uh, I think he can do a little bit like biomechanically to get a little lower and drive a little better. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you're talking about a guy who shoots a lot of pull-ups. Um, he's kind of like in theory, you want Jalen Green to be an inside out guy um, with that athleticism. You want him to be the guy who just like blitzes downhill mm-hmm. and then dunks on people and uses that to open up the jumper. I think right now he's shown that he kind of wants to be the opposite. He tends to be a little more shoot first, drive later. Um, but like he's a three level scorer. He's one of the best, just pure bucket getting guys in this draft. In theory, he should be a good defender. He's not right now, but he should be in time if he kind of wants to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the big weakness for him is he's never really shown any playmaking verve, um, outside of just like, the obvious yeah. so right now he you're getting your three level scorer that has a lot of polishing on the overall game to do yep just to clarify for i know jay billis is listening very intently at home um according to detroit bad boys and i also see nba draft.net um he's listed at a six uh seven and a half wingspan um well, that's not great. Um, the NBA draft, considering he's also listed at six six, but yeah, well, it's, it's, it's I don't know how old that is either. The NBA draft.net says yeah. that he's six four barefoot, six five inch shoes, which doesn't doesn't quite hold up. Usually, it's a what two inch boost, right? No, no, it's it's about an inch to to inch and a quarter is what they'll give you for shoes. I usually just subtract an inch. Yeah. Okay. Um, from whatever guy, from whatever a guy is listed at, so I'd, I'd say you probably, know, um, I'd probably give him a little bit longer than wingspan. I feel like that's an old measurement. This doesn't, this doesn't yeah, because a lot of these guys they go through like camps. Oh, excuse and me. It so does they get say like mid twenty eighteen. He was measured at that. So yeah, yeah. He's probably so like I'd give him another inch or two in both. Um, but how would you say? But, so like he's not he's not like the guy who has the seven two wingspan at six four. Mm-hmm. We'll say yeah. that he's <laughs> not like Giannis here. Um. How do you see him fitting alongside the Pistons' other, of course, recent lottery pick in Killian Hayes? Because they would be like the one-two backcourt tandem. I think it would be a pretty natural fit as long as Jalen Green doesn't try to like take over too much. Mm-hmm. In theory, you've got a guy in Killian who's going to operate in the pick and roll. You know, he you, he does the first action. 
gets the ball moving, and then Jalen Green's got a shifted defense to attack and scores 30 like that. Yeah. That's totally plausible to me. Um, you know, they can clearly play together. The only thing is, like, Jalen Green at times in the G League was a bit of a gunner and tried to, like, go takeover mode and really wasn't ready for that yet for the, the large part. So I don't yet know if he's willing to defer like that, but he he wasn't, like, the worst chucker in the world. Yeah. I, like, I, I don't want to paint him like that either. So, okay. um yeah, I, I don't I don't think there would be any real fit issues there at all. Okay. And if they both work out, you have the most dynamic backcourt since probably peak John Wall and Beal together. You said the words I was hoping you would say. Although I was expecting to hear maybe like a Dame CJ, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take the John Wall Bradley Beal. Yeah, this one would be playing above the rim a little bit more yeah, than Dame and true. CJ. <laughs> I thought you meant dynamic as in like dynamic scorer. Kind of, that was what I was taking that as. <laughs> yes, but also like Jalen Green is gonna bang on people. Like J- Jalen Green will have like he's got the Anthony Edwards level athleticism. Like he is going to have highlight highlights. That's good at the rim. Hopefully, he has the same kind of meme and personality as uh. Ant. <laughs> he's also a very handsome dude. Oh, all right. There we go. We got the plus. excellent cheekbones. Yeah, I I can second that. He's got it. <laughs> he's got it down there. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to talk about with Jalen Green? Um, I'm not a huge fan of his shot, I have to say. There's some weird platform stuff he does with the shooting pocket, and just generally I think he can get a little flingy at times. Uh, he started out pretty cold in the G League and had to kind of grow into it, and by the end he was shooting like 40% over the last couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he may need to tweak that a little bit. He loves step backs, so like, you really need to optimize your mechanics if you're going to do step backs and stuff like that. So that'll be something where it wouldn't surprise me if even though he's billed as an, as a shooter, if he comes into the NBA and he has kind of a couple of years where he's like a 34% shooter until he figures that out. Um, and then he had more turnovers. Uh, no, actually he was about even in turnovers and assists. Okay. So like, that's the other thing is just, again, he's not your, your, natural playmaker right now so what does Jalen Green look like when he has to do more than score yeah that'll be a big question he also did not draw as many free throws as you'd hope um in the G League he had a 172 free throw attempt rate which is not good you want that up like 350 (laughs) yeah Um, you would imagine a bit more especially for someone who's kind of younger and a little more athletic and and that yeah that points to what i was talking about earlier where it's like he tends to shoot first and drive later so it's you know he's got some habits i think that he needs to to focus in on but i mean he's the third pick for most people right now um Mm -hmm. and with good reason i mean he's super talented yeah no i would i could see him fitting very well in a pistons uniform especially because i feel like the pistons there's no way in hell we're getting one you know we're gonna get screwed out of that so I'm just kind of looking at the guys at like three, four. Will you stop putting that in the universe, motherfucker? It's gonna happen. You know it. Just let's not waste the time. <laughs> like I love to talk about Cade. Look, the Pistons have never won or moved up in the draft lottery. The never moved that up is thing is a thing. Time for a first. The never. It's moved ridiculous. Up. That's, that's insane. It's just insanity. All right. Anything else you want to cover before we go into the next week? No, I think we're good. We'll see you next week. All right. Sounds good. See everybody then. Peace out. Bye.
Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.